just a fraction of my heart, but all of me. Not withholding any part, but all of me. Lord, I'm giving you my best. All of me. All of me. Just a fraction of my heart, but all of me. Not withholding any part, but all of me. Lord, I'm giving you my best. All of me, all of me. Lord, I feel the fullness of your love. And I need the peace that only comes from God above But I know it's got to be All of me All of me I'm giving you all of me Not just a fraction of my heart But all of me Not withholding any part but all of me, Lord, I'm giving you all I got. All of me, all of me. Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise, Praise the, the Lord. Lord. Praise the Lord, it's chat time once again. Now this week, we are going to continue discussing current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So this week... I, I don't know, you know, lately we've, or in my circle, uh, we've been talking about aging and death and dying and, oh, our pastor says that the Lord has promised that you can live to be 120 years. And then I see that in Psalms chapter 90 verse 10 it tells you that you're promised 70 years so I'm just trying to figure out what is right what what is it you know so then I looked online and of course you know there's like a question and answer from Pat Robertson and the 700 club and then you know of course Pat Robertson says Man, according to the Psalms, has 70 years, and sometimes by reason of strength, 80 years or more. Now, that is the average for modern man. But if you go back to the days of the patriarchs in Israel, 130, 140, 150 was not uncommon. That's true, but Pat Robinson isn't... Uh, Men live 900 years or more. Oh, man. Pat Robinson isn't correct. What he's stating, as far as the scripture, that part is correct. His interpretation is off. Because David was trying to relay what he was experiencing, and through the Holy Spirit, what turned out to be basically your average. And that's not just in David's time. It's not just something that has just hit modern man. Because if you would look at the kings who were ruling at the time Israel split in two, some of them died early, like in the 40s and the 50s. I guess it was really, uh, 
just like we see our presidents. They can start out young and then after about four years and as being president, <laughs> come out like they've aged 20. Yeah. Well, you know, some, some things they just have a burden. But what the Lord was saying, you on the average see people living 70, 70 plus, 80, 80 plus, sometimes 90. If you only were allowed to live 70 years, as Pat Robertson was saying, and I'm pretty sure he's over 70, then he shouldn't be here. Oh, yeah, he's pretty, I think right. he's pretty much over 70. Yes, so he shouldn't be here. So you know that the Lord didn't well, say... Well, I don't think he was saying that. I, I think, think he I, says that's an average. I think he says that as if, that from the way it was stated there, it's like, that's it. They forget. And yeah. sometimes by reason of strength, 80 years or right. more. Right, and I think he's 80 years or more. Now, here's the more part. Now, that was David's observation and through the Holy Spirit, I believe, telling us that's basically your average. But man, God himself said in Genesis, it was in the sixth chapter. Mm -hmm. Third in, verse. In, in the third verse. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. Right, now the Lord said this. That is so why. he shortened the time, so man really was living like 700, 900 years. Right. You know. But they became so wicked because Noah lived... Uh, a long time. Noah was 500 years old when he was having his children. So, you know, uh, and Noah was 500 years old and Noah begat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so, but the people have become so wicked that the Lord shortened the time to 120 years. He has not changed that, which is why we see people living to 100, to 104, 105, 110 my grandmother lived to be 114. So you, 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 my great grandmother. So you see these type of things as far as age wise. And it's not uncommon now to find people who are, have lived to be 100. You know? Yeah, and, my grandmother lived until 94. Right. It's not uncommon. And so people never seem to question it. It's just like when they say the average is, they just automatically assume, oh, I'm about to die. You know? I have an aunt that was like 99, right? and she uh, went to the hospital because of asthma or something, and the doctor says, that we'll fix you up, and then you can make it to oh, 100, and she's, oh my gosh, no. <laughs> my aunt said that to my aunt Flossie, they said, you might live to be uh, 100, she said, oh Lord, <laughs> you know, it's, it's nothing to that effect, but, but it's true that people... Uh, depending on how the Lord sees or allows you to, to live, you might live to be 120. And at times, you might even do an exception. You might even live to be a little bit beyond 120 because of whatever reason the Lord would have you here. It's just that when you look at how things are, you would say, man, do I want another 50 years of this? Do I want another 60 years of this? You know, as man becomes more and more wicked, well, uh, I know that the those that are pretty wicked now with the shootings and everything, they they die very, very early. Right. And then there are people that don't take care of themselves and don't eat properly and right. You know, eat the wrong foods and they become afflicted with these diseases. Right. And you then know, there heart are people problems and who eat and do whatever they want to do and they just 
the Lord, the life span seems to be just longer than your average person. But you know, sin will shorten your life. You know, uh, and a, a disobedient child will not live out half their days. But then, if you're a saint and you're doing right and God's blessing you, then, you know, you right, and you can decide. You know, because I've known saints who could have still have been here, but they told the Lord they were tired and they were ready to go. And the Lord said, okay. And it's the same way. Paul said, I'm torn. I don't know if I should go on to be with the Lord or whether I should stay here for your benefit. So he stayed a little longer for our benefit, for their benefit, which eventually benefited us, you know, in his word. And then finally, Paul said, I'm ready. I fought a good fight of faith. I'm, I'm ready to go on to be with the Lord. So that's good to know. But nevertheless, Christians, people that are saved, sometimes, and I hate to say it, me being one of them, you know, I really, I don't know, there's something about fearing death. You know, I know that I have eternal life. I know that I'm going to be with the Lord. But there are certain, I, I don't know, there's just something about death. Because it's so final. Well, that too, but you know, I think about things that I still want to do, accomplish. I but I but then I think about how I feel. You know how the older you get, you're afflicted with arthritis or all these aches and pains or or whatever. But I, I found this article that that you know it said that there were three reasons why Christians fear death. And the first one, I don't know if I agree with the, in this article, it came from the true forum on truth and culture. And it says that one is that we do not want those who love us to grieve our passing. Hmm. <laughs> there are people, no, really, there are people that love us. Yeah. You know, like you could worry about your spouse or your parents or your grandchildren, children, grandchildren, friends. You know, there are people that... They're holding really, on for other people. They're, they, they don't want to go. They're afraid to die because they're afraid of the effect that it would have on their family or their friends or their loved ones. Well, that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Okay. Yeah. I can see where some people, I was thinking about a couple just I mean, recently that I had worked with one of the people and I was thinking I, because her husband had cancer, I believe he was fighting to hold on for her. Right. I mean, and I think if you feel like your children aren't exactly just the way you want them, you know, maybe they're struggling with something and you don't want to leave and you want them, I don't know. Well, I guess for other people that would be. So, so that could be one of the reasons. It could be. I mean, sometimes I think, being a caregiver, I think about, Lord, please, I, I don't feel like I can go now because I don't want to leave this person because this person needs help and I don't know who would take care of this person. But I don't know if I ever think about, I don't want to leave because it would make others grieve. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't know. Neither. I don't know. Well, in response, according to this article, it says, let's remember that Jesus loves them as much as he loves us. 
He wept at the grave of Lazarus, and as he shared grief of Lazarus's sisters, you know, because we're in his hand, he feels. I no, I don't think he cried because of that. He cried because he saw that the people, their their understanding was so dull, and their and their faith was 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 lacking, and it made him weep. This is this according to this article. But the bottom line is we can trust those who love us to God, who loves them more than we can ever, ever imagine. Right. So we or possibly to, love another human being. So our prayer should be that the Lord will undertake for them. Yeah. So the second reason it, for Christians fearing death is that we worry about the process of dying. Uh, what does it mean? By the process. You mean uh, afraid of the pain and suffering if you become sick. Okay. If, especially if you've got some debilitating disease. Well, I can understand that. I mean, I've seen people, even saints pass away and they were suffering. Right. They were suffering, you know, and you knew they were and you knew that. Um, yeah, their body was suffering. But, you know, I, I, my mother said, I don't, I don't want to, Lord, and she was praying, said, Lord, I don't want to go, I don't want to die in an airplane crash. I don't want to die in any crashes. And said, Lord, I, I don't want to die. I don't want to drown, Lord. Lord, I don't, Lord, I don't want to, I don't want to, don't want to be shot. Don't want to be stabbed. <laughs> Lord, she was thinking, no, Lord, don't want to die by poison. Lord said, you don't want to die. <laughs> and she thought about it and said, you know, and so when, how did the Lord take her? Uh, she was sitting and they, she had just gone out to dinner with some of the saints and she came home and she sat down and the Lord, uh, she fell asleep. And that's how the Lord took her. Fell asleep she, in peace. She fell asleep, right. So, and I thought about what she had told the Lord. So he made sure all those things that she listed, she never listed, I don't want to go in my sleep. <laughs> she never listed as that as one of them. And she died peacefully sitting there in the chair. That's the, hey. that's the, I think that's the original version of resting in peace, the yeah. RIP, yeah. rest in peace. That's the really, that's really the original definition of that. Right. But I have to tell you, witnessing people who have had, who are, Act who were actually dying of cancer or other diseases. It, it's, I have to say, it's bittersweet because God gives the person who's, who's in this situation and the person caring for the person special grace, I think, to take care of them and to take them through. I'm not saying that it's not sad or that uh, painful or whatever, but God takes you through it. It's right. almost like what he says in Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in the midst of all this pain and suffering and you know that they're dying and they know that they're dying mm -hmm. and i've had conversations with people who are dying and then when it hits them and they're crying you know and they mm -hmm. wish they had more time mm -hmm. you know it's very very sad it makes you cry you know but after that's over with god gives you some kind of grace strength 
something. Mm -hmm. I, I can't even describe it. I can't put my finger on it. But it's almost like it's supernatural mm -hmm. something that God gives a person to take you through. Right. I mean, even when my mother was passing away, there's something... I mean, the, beforehand, I'm crying and crying and crying, but after she passed, it was, I don't know. Or even after my grandmother passed, it was like, I remember going to the funeral home, and I don't know what I expected, but I went there to the coffin. You know how the family gets to see ahead of time? And I don't know what I expected, and I go up to the coffin, and the first thing I said out loud, not to myself, was, Oh, she's not here. Mm -hmm. I could see that the Lord had taken her. It was, it, he gives you some supernatural insight into things, you know. It, it's no fun going through it, I can tell you. Right. It's, yeah. it's not a picnic. But after it's all over, you see what the Lord has done. Right. You see how, the God, how God has blessed. Yeah. You yeah, I was thinking too, like, I was thinking too, like, when he told us, like, when they, when you see your loved ones in the Lord, they die. He was saying, you, you know, it, it hurts, it hurts, and you mourn because you miss the presence of them. You miss, you miss um, their natural presence. You miss them being around where you can physically see them and Talk touch to them, them touch them and hug right. them and embrace them and stuff like that. But he was saying, you know, don't cry is like mourn for somebody that don't have no hope, somebody that died without the Lord. Now, when somebody yeah. died without the Lord, then with no hope and stuff like that, then, then, that, then that, that can really make you sad and really make you mourn and grieve because that soul is lost, that soul yeah. is perished it's easier forever. Said, it, you can say it, but it's easier said than done. I mean, you know that the person is with the Lord, but you just really miss them. Yeah, you know? you, yeah, you do. I remember the first time, you know, after Grandma passed away, and I was making uh, dinner, and I'm trying to come up with a recipe that she made, and I called my uncle. My dad had a stroke. He couldn't, he couldn't talk as a result of the stroke. And uh, Mom never made the recipe, and Grandma always did. And I called my uncle, and I'm asking how do you make this recipe? And right then, I just broke down and cried because you can't reach anybody. Mm -hmm. <sighs> right. It's gone. Right, from yeah. this earth. Right, yeah. it's gone from this earth. And I don't, I, I don't know how to explain it, but when it comes to, I, I realize that they're gone, but it's like only from this earth. Yeah. So I can't, when I think of them, I don't think of them in terms as being. No, I understand that. It's like. Going forever. It's like, it's, it's just. It's not even that. It's, it's like, like a good, it's not like a, it's like a see you later to me. It's not like a goodbye. It's like a see you later. It's like a short time that you're, that they're gone away from. Because the Lord said, you're going to see them again when I come back. I'm going to bring those. That, I was, yeah. It's almost like I know that they're there. It's like I have to catch up. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's something like it's something that I have to do mm -hmm. because, like David said, he said when his son died, he said there's nothing I can do. He said I, I can't bring him back to me. He said I'm gonna have to go to him. 
So when I think of them, I think in terms of me. It's something I have to do. I'm going to have to go to meet them. Mm-hmm. It's like well, yeah, but don't aren't there ever any? Isn't there any one moment that you know that they died with this information? You know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I always ask the Lord, you know, bless me to know what they knew, you know. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, but I don't know. I just... Well, anyway. I know that the Lord takes care of everybody, and he does definitely take care of people who are going through situations. Yes, yes. Now, the third reason that a Christian would fear death is that a third fear of death Christians face is our desire not to leave this world until we have completed our work in this world. But see, you know, I have a problem with this <laughs> word fear. Mm-hmm. See, I, I can see where a person... If you're anxious, maybe yeah, anxious is a better word. I, I don't know, because it's, I can see where a person says where a Christian is reluctant to leave this world, does not want to leave this world, will choose not to leave this world, as opposed to being afraid. Because he said, he said, you know, like, like death, where's your sting? It's like the Lord, when he died, took the, that fear of death with him. And when he rose again, he rose with the hope so that a person shouldn't, a saint shouldn't fear death. They might not want to go, but they shouldn't want, it shouldn't be because they don't want to go because they're afraid to go. Say, I, I have a problem with his word, fear. I, I really do. I, well, I, I, don't I don't know, know how don't to describe. I, I don't know how to describe it. I don't. I don't know. It's like something you don't want to right. do. Right. That's the different uh, meaning uh, or, or uh, circumstance as opposed to because you're afraid to go. No, I'm you too scared don't. to go. No, That's what fear is. I mean, you're afraid. You're I scared. I think about this sometimes when I wake up. It's like when you fall asleep, you don't know that you fall asleep at night, and right. you sleep straight through. And um, I don't know. I think it's peaceful, but I think it is. It's, it's something that you don't want to do right away because you've got things that are left undone mm-hmm. or things you want to accomplish or things, you know, you want to prepare for it. I guess you. that's a better way. Mm-hmm. And so this article ends by saying some excellent advice is the best way to not fear death is to prepare for it to live every day ready to meet jesus don't don't mess up for pete's sakes right but you, <laughs> but, but but yeah you shouldn't be you shouldn't be a a, a, a fear because I, I, I told the lord i said because the lord said those people they have a certain fearful look you know uh knowing that when it came to death and i said well, then there has to be something that they're doing that they're questioning whether or not it's the right thing to do. And I told, told the Lord, what I, what I wanted him to do for me was show me what to do. Show me how to be saved so I won't have to have a certain fearful looking. I don't want to be looking over my shoulder wondering when am I going to die? How am I going to die? Where am I going to die? You know, and, and, and will I be ready? No, I want to be ready. It's because the only thing I can think of that would make a person fear is if they feel 
as far as their own soul, they're not ready. Now, reluctance is a different thing. Yeah, I think that's a better word. I think reluctance and, um, you know, and then there's nothing you can do. I mean, I think about this sometimes, and I think about if I pass away, well, oh, well, all this stuff that I have in my house, oh, well, it's, right. here it is. Somebody else is going to have to deal with it, right. you know. I, and you wouldn't care. <laughs> I was thinking, too, like, what if you don't physically die? What if God cracked the cloud and come back? Mm-hmm. So it's like you've got to be ready either way. Right, because you might not. You might you might be here when the Lord comes. That means you're going through great tribulation. Well, I don't want to do that either. <laughs> right. I, don't want, I to want to be that. worthy to escape. Yeah. I don't want to do that either. But um, in this article it says, if you're a Christian, he says, I can assure you one second on the other side of death, you'll be glad that you died. You'll be glad. Well, you'll be glad at your body that you left your earthly vessel. Because what the Lord says is that there will be no more pain, no more tears, no right. more sorrow. Right. No more because is, Paul said we groan. We'll be glad that our spirit has left this earthly vessel, which is bound because the Lord has cursed it. So we'll be glad in that sense. Because yeah. we groan to be with the Lord in our spirit, we do. And so I think we just have the reluctance to leave things that we feel should be like closure. Yeah. Well, that concludes this week's program. Well, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Now, today's verse of the day comes from Revelation 21 and 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now, ain't that good news? Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's Food for Thought was, what is one reason... That when you pray and you ask God for something and you don't get it. And the answer is because you ask amiss. And the answer can be found in James chapter 4 verse 3 which reads, Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. This week, this week's food for thought is... What is your life? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.